following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Dumbo, Castaway, Alien, Terminator 2, Ex Machina, Room, Star Wars, Krampus, The Witches, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory, Bicentennial Man, Big Hero 6, I, Robot, Portal, Fallout 3, Star Trek, Generations, Theodore Rex, and Amelia Bedelia. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie every week and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or droids running experiments to restart the entire human population. I'm your host, Luigi, and with me as always is my co-host, a new co-host every week. This week I am talking to my good friend, actor, comedian, awesome person, uh, friend to one of my favorite dog friends in all of, in all of Queens, New York, KL Thomas. Welcome, KL. Hello. KL, why don't you tell the listeners what movie we're going to be talking about today on Robots vs. Dinosaurs? I Am Mother, which is uh, such a short title for such a lot going on in this movie and very interesting. So it, yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I, before I watched it, every time I tried to read anything about it, it was just so vague, but yet mm. it helped, like it gave you a lot of information on the concept, but like, you're like, okay, but, but what's this? And it was just like, it, it felt like someone saying, you just, you just need to watch it. Just need to watch it. That's what it felt like. Absolutely. Uh, KL, I want you to feel free to talk about spoilers in this movie. This podcast assumes that you've watched the movie uh, or or it assumes that you're OK with with spoilers, because I think in order for us to have a full discussion on the movie, we need to be able to talk about it in its entirety. So um, so feel free to, you know, talk about any spoilers that come to mind. Um, yeah, there is so much to unpack. This movie is uh, just real quick, directed by Grant Grant Sputore. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but I haven't heard this director's name very much. I think he's an Australian director, he, and he did a TV version of Castaway. Yeah. Or, like, a show called Castaway. I don't know if it was based on the Tom Hanks movie. I, I'm not sure his background in his own country, but he's still very fresh and new in the United States. Mm. So, like... Cool. I'm very curious to like how his career is going to be because just from I am mother, I haven't seen his other work. I'm very like, Whoa, he's a very good director. <laughs> like it's good. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the screenplay was Michael Lloyd green. The stars in this movie are primarily, I would say Rose Byrne, uh, Hillary Swank, Clara Rugard, and who's also kind of like a newcomer. She's seen, like definitely somebody that, I think we're going to see a lot more of because she put in a really great performance in this movie. And uh, the person actually playing the mother robot, like in the suit, which I super appreciate that it was a practical and like a person in the suit, Luke Hawker. I love Luke Hawker. Like, Tell me about Luke Hawker. Um, I saw him in Krampus. He played Krampus. And then I like IMBD'd him. And... He is an actor, so I don't want people to think that he doesn't perform like like he never speaks or anything. But like his physicality work is just mind blowing. And like what you said, I really appreciated the movie. 
decided to use somebody like him to wear the suit and it just it made it feel more real and as much as i love computer technology and cgi and all that like um I don't know. It's kind of like with Mandalorian where they use an actual puppet for the baby Yoda. Like mm. you connect with it more, I think. And also like Luke is just so brilliant. Like I respect anyone who could do that type of performance. Like, like, like clowning or Kelm. Oh God, I'm going to butcher it. It's Italian. Delarte, you know. Oh. Comedia Delarte. Thank yeah. you. Like I always. Yeah, like Andy Circus or like, uh, um, What's his name? That's Dave Doug Jones. Yeah, Doug Jones. Yeah. yeah, I I appreciate you because like that it's so hard to do that to to do mm-hmm. any of that stuff and like he just does it effortlessly, and I do appreciate that they made sure people knew he was in the suit. Like when you looked up the movie, it made it clear that mm. he was in the suit. And Rose, who I love her as an actress, yeah. is the voice. When I heard her voice, because I didn't look up who was in it first. It, I mean, Hillary Swank, I knew was in it, but I was like, I know mm. that voice. Why do I know that <laughs> voice? <laughs> I had to look her up, but I, I love her voice. I love her. She's great. So I did appreciate yeah, how the she, movie paid him good respect because he did some really good work in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a performance that requires multiple, I think, multiple people. It's it's like a Darth Vader yeah. performance, you know, it's like... Um, the there i mean there definitely there definitely was a little bit of cg of whenever it was moving fast mm-hmm. or doing certain certain kinds of movements but i i feel like it was integrated really seamlessly with the with the practical effects yeah. and that's the kind of like if you're going to have cg if it's layered on top of that i'm a lot more forgiving mm-hmm. ra- rather than if the whole entire presentation is just all cg i like i'm not entirely against CG and you do Mm. need it to make things work obviously Um, I just remember when it first came on the scene George Lucas (laughs) went a little nuts with it and a couple other people and I remember watching Richard Dreyfuss talking and he was like you know you it's great we have all this technology but you still need a story and you still need actors to perform it out and you still need a good story visually it could be beautiful but if there's no story so the fact that mm. he took, they took a real person, put him in a suit, and then they used a little CG. And they did, you know, they used everything. And they made the story come alive. And I appreciate that a lot. And that's something that kind of stuck with me is like, you know, I can read and watch almost any genre and respect it as long as the story's good. If the story's not good, then you've lost me. I don't care how pretty it looks. So... I strongly agree with that. I'm a big fan of characters. Mm-hmm. So the story is very important to me, but I really need to attach to characters to be invested in something. Mm-hmm. And once I once I love a character and I'm concerned about like their future, their outcome, you know, the, I want good things for them. Uh, once I'm invested in that, the whole whatever the world is, like you can just keep building on top of that and I'll buy into it. Like I just want these characters to navigate this world and bring me through it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to connect because like I've seen yeah. things where I don't connect to the characters at all and it's really hard to like sympathize or care about them in any way. And I also think that's why live theater works because when you connect with the character and it's a great story and it's a great character, you'll accept anything. Mm-hmm. you'll you'll go through that mm-hmm. world knowing i'm accepting this because i appreciate i care about you and i and i love this story so yeah 
Let's talk about the story in this movie. I, uh, I usually like to describe the opening sequence. And I think what's fun about this opening sequence is that it lies to the audience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So like, because right away we get this, uh, this, this graphic on the screen that says the UNU HWK repopulation facility, days since extinction event, 001, human embryos on site, 63,000, and then uh, current human occupants, 000. So immediately we're led to believe that this is Rose Byrne when we see her, not Rose Byrne, sorry, um, this girl Clara Regard when we see her is the only human alive. Well, okay. Uh, the movie is so just kind of... Let's get into that. So because yeah. I watched so many horror films and I did see a lot of sci-fi and I grew up with my dad, so I watched a lot of movies I probably shouldn't have before I was 10. Um, so that's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you have a father. Um, so like when the movie starts, right away I was like, this, this is kind of creepy. Because the sound, mm. the way, like, even how they presented, like, uh, all the productions that were in it, like, before you even see all that information about, you know, this is how many humans, blah, 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 It had a creepy horror vibe to it a little bit. Almost mm-hmm. a little Ridley Scottish kind of in the beginning, like, Alien 1. Yeah. Like, dark and like ominous. factory Yeah. And noises. then it gives yeah. you this information, and you're just kind of like, Okay, and then you do get tricked, but for me, I was like, "All right, I'm I'm buying what you're telling me, but why do you have all this creepy music in the background and kind of making it scary?" Like, I liked it. I was kind of like, "All right, okay, I'm digging. I'm digging this. All right, yeah." So you do believe she's the only one? Yeah, and it's this creepy music that leads into that Dumbo song, uh, "The Baby Mine," I'm and, so glad and she's you singing to it. it. And- <laughs> Oh, my heart <laughs> immediately was like wrenching my heart out of my chest. It was such a such a good uh, music cue yes. for that moment. Well, I also like how they started with uh, Moon River and then they do a mm-hmm. very French kind of old, almost like in a weird way, kind of like, oh, we're the good old days, you know, when humans were good people. And then all of a sudden that Disney classic from Dumbo. I was just kind of like, okay, okay, you're getting me. You're getting me in the fills. I gotcha. And it kind of softens. It's a cheap shot. Bit of a cheap shot. Cheap shot. And it softens because <laughs> we forgot to talk about, like, in the beginning, it gives you that information. But before you even see the child, the baby, uh, you see mother being activated, the robot. Mm-hmm. And it kind of softens it a little bit. Like with the baby on mine, she has like all that heating to keep the baby warm. And it, it does trick you even more that, oh, she's raising this baby. And you're like, it's a robot, but it's a she, it's mom. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciated that. And with the Dumbo music, perfect, perfect timing. And the the very first spoken lines are her just cradling the baby. And she says, there you go. It's okay, little one. Uh, which is exactly what she says to the new baby later on mm-hmm. in the movie, little brother. And, and Rose has the perfect voice for that. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, oh, it's yeah, so sweet. It's very soothing. Mm-hmm. And we're so, because I wasn't sure for a long time. I, I, I had built up so many backstories in my head. Um, and, and I like that the movie lets you do that. It gives you just enough information to be like, it calls it, you know, extinction event and repopulation facility. Uh, so, 
you immediately are you you start filling in the blanks yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I'd love to hear if you had any theories, but I was immediately thinking of like, okay, so maybe a, a scientist built this robot because they knew like this generation is all gonna go extinct and this is the only way to save humanity. Um so like I don't know, did you build up any theories like that before the the reveal? So before the reveal and the way how they kind of just show the little girl being raised too with the with mother the robot um i kind of thought i really did and i think it's because i was a huge terminator fan as a child i don't know why that movie something about lyndall hamilton and just something about Mm. that resonated with me so much i just thought oh well in my head i was thinking either this facility was built because either humans knew that from all the damage we'd done to the planet that we might need this as a failsafe or that machines did take over and this was their way. Uh, I had two thoughts. So it was just like, mm. this was their way if uh, to rebuild. So like later with the yeah. reveal, I was still surprised. Don't get me wrong. Cause there was a lot, a lot of stuff going on in this movie, <laughs> which is weird. Cause it doesn't, you don't realize how much is going on because it's very subtle. Uh, at least that's what mm. I thought. Like, it's very, it feels a little slow at first, but then once it gets going, but there's so much information going on and on. And like, yeah, it's very subtle. It's not like this is in your face. And then like, there's it, just, it doles out information at a very good pace. Yeah. Like, it, it's very smart with its reveals and the, and how each reveal layers on top yeah. of the previous. Reveal. And also like the, the little, the girl's exams when she comes a teenager and mm. there's that scene mm-hmm. where, you know, mother has like the patients and like, here's patient six. If patient six survives, five other people would die because patient six has all the organs to save the other five. Would you save patient six or would you let patient six die? And then you give the organs so more people will live. And then she flips it on her and be like, well, what if you're, mm-hmm. what's more important? You're the doctor and you're patient six. And that made me feel like, oh, maybe, maybe robots are, maybe this facility was built to help repopulate the earth. And for whatever reason, robots, because remember Matrix, it made me think of that too, mm-hmm. a little bit of the theory of keeping humans alive. And then I was like, but why would they want us? Like, so I don't know. I was very like, it's really rare that I'm watching a movie where I'm not sure where it's going to go, which I appreciate so much. So, yeah. So I had two two thoughts going on. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Yeah. That that trolley dilemma was a really good version of the the classic trolley dilemma, and it was a perfect version of it for this for the context of this movie, like the way that it presented that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked that they took it that one step further, where you know she was the, the a robot would and we see this in a lot of robot fiction like a robot would make a distinction between like two two human lives and whether one is more valuable than the others based on one being a doctor versus the other being like a criminal or something like you know like and they they kind of put it in those terms and i like that they they bring up those questions but they don't quite answer them because because you know the the daughter herself she doesn't have other humans to bounce ideas off of. She learns everything about the world uh, and she only grows up in, in such a small piece of it. 
Um, it's kind of like the, the movie Room. Have you seen Room with um, Brie Larson? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's a very, very creepy movie where this mother and, and her son um, grow up in, in just this one very small room. And I won't tell you why, but like the whole time you're questioning, like, what is outside of this room? Why can't they leave? Uh, but like the, the the movie is mostly it stays close just like this on the on the child's perspective. So yeah. you're seeing you know, this is, this is their entire experience. They don't have context for the outside world is just in their imagination. Yeah. It's not something like when we're introduced to Hillary Swank, that she, she knows what it's like out there. She knows the difference between out there and in here. Well, also like, I think it's important that uh, we bring up that before we bring in Hillary is that mother lies to daughter. Yeah. She basically says there's like a virus, you know, and you can't go out there because you get contaminated and I'm here to repopulate the earth. We're going to make a family. And that's the one thing I, that's the underlying theme that the robot makes clear. My job is to repopulate the earth and protect human life. It's not till later we find out that she, and what's great is she kind of hints at it a little bit, um, that she has to make the perfect human and, what I did appreciate is like before the daughter becomes a teenager, when she's still young, she's like, why am I the only one not realizing everything that happened before her, which she discovers later. Yeah. Uh, she's like, well, you know, I- I'm not gonna say verbatim. I'm going to mess it up, but it's basically the-, the robot is telling her, well, you know, we have to make sure you're perfect. Uh, you know, in a, w- mm. in a weird way, she's like a mother has to learn. And she makes it clear it is representation of me if you're not up to par, which that caught my ear so hard. Yo. I was like, whoa. That's why I was like, what? So, like, it's weird because this movie gives you so much information. But if you're not listening or you're not really paying attention, it goes right over your head sometimes. Because, like, later on when things are being more and more revealed, it's like, that's why she said that. And that's why these things happen. Because, mm. like she still is a robot. So, yeah. And it's like, she's, she's got this directive. She's been given this protocol and she just Amelia Bedelia is that thing. Like (laughs) she just takes it to the most literal interpretation. In some ways I'm like, God, that does feel like a mother. (laughs) (laughs) Cause she like, she, the way she puts it into words is, is that like she had to intervene to elevate my creator exactly that her ultimate goal is to improve on humanity to make yeah it i'm getting strong like uh hitler vibes because it's like well i mean and you if know you like think we about need it, to create the perfect race or yeah but also if you think about it a robot would do that yeah there yeah. you know and that's something and they would see it as a as a favor they would see it as a gift to us yeah well also them. it's logical to them They're, you know, and I think that's why um, there's so many like sci, like horror-ish kind of sci-fi because Mm -hmm. like that is the the greatest fears that us, the creators, are going to create something that's going to destroy us to perfect the world or whatever it's built to do. And robots, they don't have feelings, you know what I mean? They Mm -hmm. have a job. Which, you know, we can also debate that, too, because there's people who are like, well, there's that whole concept of a soul and a robot thing. That's that's another podcast for another time. But like, 
It's I I don't know. I would argue that mother has a soul in a way because she doesn't just inhabit the one body. She can sort of yeah, this like she is more of a concept than just a a, a being. Right? Yeah, like and that's why it's kind of like towards the end. I, oh God, I had so many more questions about this movie towards the end than, and mm. uh, I know Mother's not gone, even though, you know, we'll get there. Let's, let's keep going. Sorry. <laughs> sure, sure. Jumping way Absolutely. towards the end of the movie and I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you mentioned the line that she says early on about like when, when, um, do we get a, do we get a name for this character at any point or do we just call her daughter? Is that, is that kind of what she's. I think her name is just daughter. I don't recall a name per se. Unless it's Claire. No, that's the actress, right? No. No, it's Clara. The actress is, yeah, Clara Rugard. Yeah, that's the actress. Clara Rugard. So. I just think she's daughter. I don't think we ever get a name. And Hilary Swank's character, when she appears, she doesn't really have a name either. It, they kind of. No, she never. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of like name. that choice, though. Mm. You know, as a writer and a director to keep that, you know. Um, because we don't know what's outside. And when she does Mm -hmm. go outside, we see, but we still don't know anything. She does when she like, Hilary Swank does reveal names of like drawings of people that she made, but I don't think she's ever said her name. And her character is not that great either, by the way. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What makes you say that? I, I mean, she... So in the movie, when Hillary Swank is revealed, do we want to get into how she comes about? Because we haven't talked about how she got there. Sure. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So- we. Uh, I think. I think what leads into it is first when um, daughter finds the mouse. Exactly. Because that sort of explains why this power outage keeps happening. And then from there we see what mother does to the mouse. Yeah, so like uh. <laughs> as you're watching the, the movie, you do notice little glitches here and there. And then there's one night that the power completely goes out and mother's down. Mm-hmm. Like she could have walked out of there if she knew any better, you know. Uh, and then she finds the daughter finds out that, you know, something been chewed through the wires and destroyed. And she finds a mouse, which I think. There has to be something said that, you know, no matter how much ma- mother loves daughter and the she does take very good care of her and does love her. And because she's her creator, like, you know what I mean? She elevated made this mm-hmm. perfect human being. There's something about humans need to connect to life and live things. That's why we love dogs. That's why we love cats. And it's why, you know, this pandemic. Plants been, even. Yeah. Cats. Absolutely. Oh uh, no! I said plant, oh, plants. plants. Even. Plants. Like, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I didn't hear you. She doesn't even have plants. She doesn't, doesn't even, even have get, a plant. The only thing she has connected besides mother is her old shows that she would watch, the Johnny Carson show, which I thought was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Also, if you notice, like her and mother make animals and plants out of paper. So good call out. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Here she finds a cute little tiny. I mean, come on, could you pick a more cuter little movie mouse ever? I, <laughs> I was like, this is like the cutest little mouse ever, and it's like the first time she a mouse has a good agent. Yeah, that mouse has a great agent. I, <laughs> I hear it got. I hear it got some work lately in uh, the witches, uh-huh. the 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 Roald Dahl adaptation. Yeah. 
oh, that guy, he's got great mice. <laughs> but like, for me, it was like, wow, here's this great connection to something that's real and alive that she's never probably seen in books or through her readings. And mm. then if you want to tell the audience what mother does <laughs> to the poor Oof, It's heartless, but inevitable. Anybody that has ever seen a robot movie or <laughs> like any sort of robot fiction, you know that this is a bug in the system. Mm. That is mm-hmm. all like from mother's perspective, this is not a living creature. It is a, it is something that does not belong and therefore must be eliminated uh, with, with, uh, with indiscriminately, uh, with just fire. Yeah. In the furnace by crispy mouse. Num, num. But it's so important. Like, it's so funny. This little mouse sparks so many things because Mm -hmm. it makes the daughter question mother. Like, where did it come from? I thought nothing could survive outside. Is it contaminated? And it's, I think that's why when Hillary's character comes in later, really quick right after the mouse situation why she does what she does because i think if it wasn't for the whole incident with the mouse and watching Mm. mother destroy the mouse with like no hesitation and not even like no emotion just straight up like a robot Mm, burn and like how she disinfect everything and had her daughter take off her clothes Mm. to burn them you know um i think that's why later when hillary comes in the daughter also, she's a teenager, goes against mm. mother and doesn't tell mother right away that there's human. And plus, it's a, a human. It's a human. You saw she, how excited yeah. she was for a mouse. It's a person. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, like, definitely can't risk uh, um, now, now that she knows mother's protocol with uh, other living creatures besides herself. She can't risk exposing Hillary Swank or, or letting her know, letting mother discover her. Yeah. And, and, and later on she does it cause she does love her mother and she's like, why did you disobey me? She's like, I didn't want you to turn her away. So like, it's not mm-hmm. like the daughter is this like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rebel. She, she, the character's so innocent cause she would be, she knows nothing besides what she's been taught and what she's read. She has no contact with the outside world. And this is the first time besides knowing about the little embryos, there's a person, it's an adult too. So like, yep. yeah. The the mouse exposes that mother lied to her about how no living thing can exist on the surface. So that already like started chipping away at everything, like her entire ethos, everything she was raised to believe. And the one source of information, she started finally like, probably for the first time ever doubting that one source of information um, and then on top of the mouse, now you have this whole entire person telling you, like, uh, she asks, you know, um, what about the contagion? And Hillary Swank is immediately like, who put that idea in your head? There's no such yeah. thing. That, and she tells so her, like, Hillary shows her the drawings and tells her about other people. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was just going to say the two interesting things that she, that she comes in with, like the information she comes in with is she calls... She says, like, there's a droid here, and she also calls them dozers. Yeah. She keeps referring to these things as dozers. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, it just Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, I just wanted to let audience know that, you know, the daughter, for whatever reason, she goes to the doors to go outside. And this part, maybe you can 
maybe you can tell me what you thought. I didn't know if like hmm. she just wanted to see because she was curious because she saw the mouse or because like she puts on a suit, everything like she was going to go out there to be like, I need to see for myself how dangerous this is or what's out there because I found this mouse. That's something that's not supposed to survive. And then she hears the knocking and banging. And that's when she mm-hmm. discovers Hillary. Hillary Swank's character who's been shot. So I think that's kind of like important for audience to know that, that like she didn't just like one out there. Like, so she still hasn't been outside. So she brings in this person and she hides her from mother. And Hillary Swank doesn't know that she's a, what did they call him again? Uh, droids and then dozers. Dozers. Yeah. Dozers. Yeah. 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 Which, like, I, I sort of, I, I question, like, what does Dozer mean? Like, why, why is she saying that? I guess it's, like, short for bulldozer. Um, they're just maybe trampling all over everything. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, like, a cool, it's a cool thing to say. It is dozers. a cool thing to say. Um, <laughs> they're really good at not really giving you information about Hillary too much. Mm. And they're really good at, like, Cause like Hillary doesn't know that mother is a robot yet. She just knows not to make noise. And then the daughter hides her. It's not till later when she's hidden that she sees the robot that she freaks out. And then that's when she, I just thought of something. Mm -hmm. I just thought of a question at this point. We later on in the movie, we see how much security there is, like how many of those other bots there are that can just line up in front of this facility to guard it. We see that there are all of those flying like mom copters and stuff. So she has surveillance. She has like an a small army. Do you think it's possible that Hillary Swank was allowed to come in like to allowed to even get that close to the facility I, because otherwise oh, i'm so glad you asked that because towards the end of the movie it the things that mother says to hillary's character made me question was she on purpose because hmm. like she wanted daughter to have this experience i i think she i think it was a test i really do because I don't, yeah. I don't know if mother knew how it was going to go. Of course, she probably had like her statistics, how this would go. And like, you know, as you do, like statistically, my daughter will probably do this or that. And um, so I do wonder that because towards the end of the movie, when mother finally gets to Hillary the way she wants to, she, uh, <laughs> The things that she says to her, and also, I don't know if you noticed, but did you notice the daughter, Claire, the actress, looks very, I, before I watched the movie, yes, I thought Hillary Swank was Claire, like, so I thought Claire yep. was going to become a woman, and Hillary Swank, that's who she was going to be, but so when Hillary Swank showed up as the stranger, and I was like, oh my god, no, Hillary Swank isn't the main character, she's the stranger who kind of throws this whole thing out of whack and but they look alike and yes like and there's three embryos missing thank you there's three embryos missing one we know gets killed fried yeah apxo2 yeah Yeah. Uh, the other one we don't know and at the end of the movie mother was like you know do you remember your mother you know you had a purpose and basically your purpose is over 
Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I question because there's like a scene where Hillary Swank's character and Claire, the daughter, um, they're like looking at each other, talking about escaping and their profiles. I'm like, they cast this looks like this could have been Hillary Swank if she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. It does. And so it also made me go, Jesus Christ, how long is like this been going on how long has mother been trying yeah. to perfect human race you know yeah that's my that's my crazy fan theory is that she she created mother created hillary swank gave her her upbringing was all about like giving her these this uh these memories of other people like maybe that that are false and completely made up and, and just fiction that mother made up to like send her out into the world so that one day she would come back and and like have this 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 test to put daughter through um and man i'm kind of like forming this theory as i'm saying it out loud but it's like it it kind of adds up it kind of the movie well, kind of and, le- allows it to be true yeah and also like hillary swank's bag in it she has drawings of other other humans and and there's one particular teenage boy who I think is supposed to be African-American or mixed. And that teenage boy looks a lot like the baby at the end. Just saying. So for me, I was thinking, how long has mother been trying to perfect? Did she get to a point where she thought it was okay and then realized this experiment went wrong and just started wiping everyone out and Hillary Swank just kind of survived with the people. Cause towards the end, Hillary Swank was saying mm. in the mines where all those people were that she drew were starving. So they started, you know, eating each other and doing some terrible things to one another. So she took off. So like, mm. to me, I thought that Hillary Swank actually lived it, but it all okay. started with mother. Like this was one of mother's projects and it went bad. So she's like, all right, wipe you out. Cause remember when Hillary and daughter, I'll just say Hillary Swank's character Stranger. So when Stranger and Daughter... Stranger. Yeah. Run out of the facility, finally get away from Mother, they run into a cornfield, and Stranger makes it very clear, which obviously was written there for a reason, that these just recently have been popping up. So I feel like... like six weeks ago, six, she six, says. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she said the air is starting to clear now, finally. So I'm just like, well, obviously, mm-hmm. Daughter meet all the expectation that mother wanted so she felt okay to be like all right let's also start making your brother or sister whoever you decide i also feel like it was kind of her way of keeping her daughter there you know like you mm-hmm. know get her back but also it, it just it felt like i feel like this has happened before and mother had to clean everything off the board again because like you know she does die but doesn't die <laughs> mother doesn't die right. so yeah, yeah, mother. Yeah, mother. <laughs> Death is not the end. Oh, sounds the, like a uh, mother, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's always there. <laughs> Can't keep this mother down. God damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting theory too. That like she's like a a test subject that escaped, or like a whole bunch of them were released, or just discarded, maybe. Or maybe uh, they. Yeah, tr- she allowed them to try. Because at the end, she does allow her daughter to try. And it fails miserably. And she's back to square one. For mother, I mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be that or it could be what you said. It's so, like, so at the end of the movie, I'm like, I have so many more questions. (laughs) (laughs) So good. 
Um, well, so we've we've kind of jumped around a, a bit, but um, but I think we've sort of covered like most of the plot of the movie. The uh, I do like that throughout the all throughout all of the reveals that we're getting, there are things that that mother has been saying all along that once we see the outside world are revealed to be true. Like there's all these actually very, very cool looking locations that they go through like this barren tree forest and the robo farmer cornfields. And then this like really cool shipwreck uh, beachfront, which is where Hillary the stranger lives in, in the shipping crates on the beach. Um, All these like very cool picturesque locations that almost look like they're out of like a, like a fantasy movie. Um, I appreciated it a lot because of the first part of the movie, you're in you're in the facility the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and 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 a lot of the things that mother has said, you know, th- that the world is is kind of there. I mean, clearly there was some kind of extinction level event. Clearly, entire forests were decimated. Um, I think the truth of that, the the actual truth of that, is that mother did all of that. Yeah, uh, in the first place, but. <laughs> Um, but I like yeah. that, like, there's we're we're seeing there's some truth, and then we're also seeing there's truth to stuff that the stranger has been saying. So, like, well, it's never a hundred percent who to believe. Yeah, and I mean, I know we jumped around, and I feel like you kind of can't talk about this movie without jumping around because there's just so much yeah. going on. And like, yeah. Bef- so when Hillary comes in and finds out it's a droid, she freaks out. Mother tries to help her and she won't allow it. And then Claire, the daughter, daughter helps her. And then she, you know, she goes through her bag, sees all the drawings of the people. And then she starts, because of the process of the stranger being there, the daughter starts questioning things. And mother had to reveal some truth. There wasn't a virus, but human race killed themselves basically is what she was basically saying they destroyed each other which we find out later Mm, like mm -hmm. yeah they were being humans and you decided to clean the board (laughs) you know like but mother kind of keeps lying to her with truth which you know happens and then she tries to lie like you can't trust stranger because she got shot by her own gun which daughter finds out that's a lie and then finds out that she wasn't the first human that mother had created, you know? So like she finds out mom isn't always truthful. And then she finds Mm -hmm. out with Hillary's character, why said she's not the greatest because Hillary's character only needs to survive. She does. The stranger just needs to survive. She will lie. She'll be very human Mm. to do what she has to do to get out. And she almost kills daughter. And I really believe she would have killed daughter if she couldn't get out. So, oh, yeah. When she had the, the, the ceramic yeah. piece up So, her like, chest, she convinces uh, daughter to go with her. Also, I think Hillary's character is lonely as well as daughter, like, because she's been on her own for mm. so long. Uh, and we need that human contact. That's why, you know, this pandemic has been rough on the people with mental issues because we need that human connection and touch and feel. And it's yeah. been proven it's good for your mental health, too. And... um Yep. So, like, I feel like even though Stranger is lying to get out to survive because that's all she knows how to do, she's not very loyal, which mother does tell daughter that. Mother does tell truth there, and she is right. Mm-hmm. She'll do anything she can, but she also wants to take her with her, be daughter with her, because she needs a human connection, which you see full heartedly at the end when they finally get out 
And then it's revealed that Stranger lied almost the entire time. But also it was like, no, you belong here with me. We're human. We're going to live our lives, you know, the way you're supposed to. And, you know, it, it it's just so good because, <laughs> like, they yeah. both lie to her, but they both also tell truth to her. And mm-hmm. mother's not great and neither a stranger. <laughs> so, like, you know, so you kind of understand why this innocent yeah. daughter, this girl has to make the decisions she does like she throughout the movie and she and it and you don't know what to believe either you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you do believe yeah. stranger yeah. more than mother because that's just a human instinct to be like well this Good point. yeah it's a robot she's lying obviously so but she doesn't yeah. entirely lie yeah. <laughs> so, so good. yeah it's and they both lie and they both tell the truth and it's um mother mother has this really creepy line i think i wrote it down um yeah she's she says uh failure of your species is inevitable eventually i would have been alone and that's her entire justification for wanting to restart humanity on her terms like it's it's if i don't if i'm she basically realized i am this i am this program i'm this ai that can continue on. I can just keep building more and more durable bodies and be in sort of like a cloud system where I'll never really die. I can just transfer my consciousness like across different, different systems and keep upgrading. But eventually this species is going to wipe itself out and then I won't have anyone to talk to. (laughs) So my only solution is to reboot the whole species yeah, and and when like when that gets all revealed, you and also daughter when it's revealed to her that she wasn't the only human that mother has tried and you know failed and had to destroy in the fire like the mouse, um, you know, yeah. it, it also explains why Yikes. she runs away with stranger. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. it, it also is kind of like you know, yes, yeah, she's an AI, she doesn't want to be alone, but also at the same time she needs to make the perfect human because it reflects on her too. Like, you know what I mean? And she makes it very clear. Mm-hmm. Like, mothers have to learn. <laughs> like, in the beginning, she says, like, she's like, why am I the only one? Why can't we make another one? And she's like, well, mothers have to learn. <laughs> I was just kind of like, that's a creepy thing isn't, to say to a kid. <laughs> like, isn't that interesting? Like, we make robots in our image, and this robot is making humans in its image. In its image, yeah. And because, yeah. like, you know, when she starts to learn more about what mother has been doing, still doesn't know that mother is the reason why everyone got wiped out, you know, like killed, not yet anyways, until the end. She also sees where previous her, I guess, or embryos like failed the test and they end up in, in the fire basically. The incinerator. Yeah. And then uh, like Veruca salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the darling. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to goose now. I want to daddy. Gooses. Gooses. <laughs> what a little uh, bitch, but I loved her so much. <laughs> <laughs> Geese are contaminated from the outside world. You cannot have one. <laughs> Can we just talk for a moment how Willy Wonka is a child murderer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he all of those kids are are killed one by one. It's a <laughs> horror movie. Yeah. You know, as a child watching, you know, the one with uh, Gene Wilder, it wasn't until I got older, I'm mm-hmm. like, they're they're not coming back. They're dead. <laughs> like, 
They're gone. Like, don't show them at the end. They're gone. They're gone. They are, those kids are gone. <laughs> and I remember, it's... I remember having this conversation with my ex-boyfriend. He goes, have you read the book? I was like, oh God. <laughs> oh no. Is it worse than the book? He says it's really dark. And I was, I haven't read it oh, yet. Goodness. But I'm tempted. Anyways, but okay. <laughs> the mother kills her own children, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Okay. Ugh. So my it's... question for mm. you is yeah. at one point, you know, daughters realizing mom has lied and killed her own strangers giving her all this like there's more humans come with me and she lies eventually all and Mm. uh she passes her test which was most important thing to mother and i feel like it was like her last exam to prove that she's the perfect human in her Mm. light and her image then she was like your reward is you get to have a brother or sister you get to choose make the family bigger I always wondered, like, mm. was that because of that reason or also she knew she might run away with stranger and more truth would be revealed to daughter, which would question mother? Hmm. Like, do you feel like the brother, because she picks as a brother, and was kind of yeah. a way to keep her in a sense? Or was it a way to keep her or was it an actual like a genuine moment of like, I want to expand our family. I want you to, I want to reward you for what I see as you passing my test. I, I feel it's that, but like a little part of me is also like, I don't know. Mother's kind of sneaky. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's manipulative. It is. It's manipulative. It You're is. absolutely right. Yeah. Because yeah, it, 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 it's she, I think she knows that at some point, she can't maintain an emotional attachment with this this organic being because it is, it, from her perspective, it is going to eventually start to to feel that that gap, that difference. And and now when she is literally introduced to another living human and interacting with it, that's extremely dangerous for mother because now like it's the the chance the chance her daughter is slipping away from her from that moment on, like from that moment forward. Mm-hmm. She can't maintain control over her um, because she now sees it's possible for me to have a human connection with something, with someone. Yeah. Also like, so the only way for her to compete with that is let me give you a little brother or, or, you know, your choice of family member. Also like, I feel like the stranger Hillary's character is also mm-hmm. not mother's perfection so like if my daughter's gonna connect with a human it's gonna be what i've raised and what i've perfected not this stranger <laughs> it's like that friend that your mom doesn't like she's a bad influence on you <laughs> don't date him he's not a good christian boy oh <laughs> uh, my yeah I, I oh gosh like they just, I just don't like their parents. So, you know, it's, just, it's not them. You know, it's, it's so just... funny. I did not grow up with a mom, but my grandmother's the closest thing to a mother. And she is tough. Mm. Let me tell you, um, she's got spit and vinegar in those veins, but boy, she knew someone mm. was a bad character. She's like, mm, don't, I don't like them. Mm. I'm like, why? They're like, they're bad. <laughs> they were. They, she was always right. She was always right. <laughs> Yeah, and Mother's not entirely wrong about Hillary Swank, as we've discussed. So, hey. Did you have Um, any sympathy mm -hmm. towards the stranger? Yeah, like basic human empathy 
and definitely a sense of, you know, if she, whether she's telling the truth or not, this is somebody who's out there trying to survive in a world where presumably robots are murdering humans. So what if she feels like, if she's coming into this situation saying like, you know, I, I can't even trust the other human in here because they might be so indoctrinated by the cult of this robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, I can, I can see a, a version of this movie where it starts with Hillary Swank's character, and we're much more sympathetic to her story. Yeah, like it follows her discovering this facility and not trusting a uh, daughter because. You know, she's talking like a robot. Yeah. And, and we would totally understand that. And she does you know? kind of talk like a robot in, in a weird yeah. way because that's all she knows, you know. Because exactly, there is yeah. one point where Stranger Hillary's character realizes the situation she's in, that this young girl really thinks this robot is her mother. And she does say in the movie, like, oh, was just your whole plan? Like, she almost felt like, you coasted me in. Am I your pet yeah. now? Are we supposed to be friends? Like, so that's pet, why, like, yeah. it's hard to not, it's hard to like hate Hillary's, the stranger's character, Hillary's character's the stranger, because like, mm-hmm. you understand where she's coming from. Like, how could she trust this? She's, you know, she made it clear. I've seen them burn babies, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So like, and at the same time, you understand why she lies and she'll do anything to get out. Like, cause she, I really truly believe that scene towards the, towards the end before her daughter and stranger leave the facility when mother wasn't going to let them go. And when she put the knife, when stranger Hillary's character put the knife up to daughter's neck, I really think she would have killed her. And I think mother knew mm-hmm. that because mother said it before mm-hmm. this happened that she is somebody who's not loyal. She's all about her survival. Which is kind of like, yeah, mother, you're right, but you kind of put her in that position by exterminating humans. And, you know, humans are starving to survive, so humans will do the worst things. I mean, come on, Walking Dead's been on forever, and it's more about what humans <laughs> do to each other than the actual zombies. Yep. So, like, yeah, the humans are scary. Than yeah, the zombies, and for it's sure. kind of like, mother, you're right. And the reason why you're right is because you put Stranger, Hillary's character, in this position that this is who she is. She'll do anything to survive. I have a question for you. Do you, if you were the stranger and you came into this situation and you were learning everything that you learned about it, like that, that she is this test tube baby and there's all these embryos and, and, you know, like you came from a place where there were, um, uh, people that were like human born and, and it was a society of humans. Would you consider daughter to be like, would you, would you immediately feel like we are humans we are the same species or would there be like some sort of separation in your mind like no you you were you were a test tube baby so i don't like maybe you know maybe from her perspective from Shandra's perspective it's like that's i can justify if i need to kill you to get out of here like it doesn't really matter to me okay so if for me if i was stranger i would acknowledge that daughter is a human but i would also acknowledge Mm -hmm. she's raised by a fucking robot meaning (laughs) who really truly sees this as mother and throughout before daughter discovers all the bad shit mother has done she was like mother will help you mother's not like that mother is you know good you'll be okay here it'll be fine um 
that information alone is kind of like, okay, you, I can't trust you because your loyalty mm-hmm. is still, it, it would, it's not, I think, and I think that does happen to Hillary Swank's character, Stranger, where it's like, she doesn't trust daughter at first because that alone with the loyalty to mother and also just being naive. She doesn't know anything. Mm. She's been in this facility. She has no idea. And the, and mm. also we didn't bring up his mother kept, keeps pressing stranger Hillary's character. Like, where are the other humans? Are there other humans? Where are they? Where are they? Like, she's like, I'm going to get them. You know, like she's just like on it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Cause she's like, you guys are, you guys are no good. Got to get rid of you. And it's not till later when daughter discovers what mother has been doing, which really is until the end of the movie that she realized exactly what mother's been doing. She just gets a hint of what mother's been doing at the facility that she opens the strangers or to stranger Hillary Swank's character. And I think that's why Hillary wanted to take her at that point mm. was like, okay. Mm-hmm. She, and also like Hillary is lonely. She is lonely she sees this innocent person who saved her life. That's why when, because she does show up with a gunshot and she won't let mother touch her, but she let daughter touch her and the daughter, you know, saved her. And, um, you know, I think that's why she does go, but she's also about surviving. So that moment where mother mm-hmm. wasn't gonna let him out, I really do think the character would have killed daughter Cause like mm-hmm. she does cut her a little bit on the neck. Like she gets really aggressive. Yeah. And I, and that's why when they're on the run, daughter's pissed and wants to fight her for this. Her. Like, I can't believe you almost <laughs> killed me. And she's like, we don't have time for this. We got to go. And then towards the end, when they finally get to where the shipwreck is, where Hillary, the strangers reveal that there's no mines anymore. She lied. There's not other humans, it's just her and a dog, which I love the fact they put a dog in there. But dog, dogs. yes. Every good robot sci-fi movie needs a dog. Absolutely. And uh, and then, you know, and she, you know, was like, I, you know, I wasn't going to hurt you. We just got to get out of there. And I'm just kind of like, mm, I think you would have hurt her. But I'm glad. I think Stranger was happy she didn't have to hurt her. Mm. And was like, mm-hmm. we can live. We, we're humans. This is what we're supposed to be doing. You know, because like daughter gets pissed. Cause she was lied to and she was expecting to see other humans and see another teenager or kid like her. So, yep. And it was just all lies to some degree. So, yeah. 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 I have, uh, I have a big question about the movie itself. Do you have any more questions or thoughts about the movie before we move on to, uh, some, my bonus questions? Um, I do like how they the movie waited to the very end with the confrontation between mother and daughter where mother reveals to her, I am every robot. I am everything that's here. I made these decisions. This was me. She goes, I know you don't want to hear this and it's going to be hard for you to hear. For mother to be like, I didn't just do this in the facility. I got rid of all the humans because they were garbage. And basically, and I, it mm-hmm. was me. And now I'm rebuilding. <laughs> like... I say it so elegantly, like like Rose does. Um, but like, mm. it, <laughs> I, I do love that. But I also feel like mother felt it was time for daughter to know the truth. And I do like how the yeah. movie does that. And the mother and like daughter is like, well, you you trust me. You think I'm special. Let me do this. 
that's why I think when she does meet up with Hillary Swank, like that's why I feel like mother has done this before where she's allowed to give, go ahead. I'm. It almost, it almost gives mother like redemption, a, a little bit, of a redemption. little bit of redemption. And for me, like, a robot would act that way you know like it's trying to perfect something you know and and you do feel at the end when she reveals to her daughter that you know all the droids outside was her she's like her subconscious goes everywhere and then when she touches the baby's head at the end because daughter goes back to save her brother to you know Mm -hmm. and then she ends up taking over the facility and mother leaves not you know, but she doesn't really leave. But like the right, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> she is now the creator. She created this daughter who's perfect in her eyes. I mean, yep. That also reveals there's some little bit of human in her to be like, this is my perfect daughter, and she's going to be perfect, my perfect human. So I love how so the movie waited. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I that was really that was really beautiful. I really thought that was a very very good way to word it. Mm. Um in your what is in your words, what what is a robot and and like what separates a robot from a human being? Oh god. Uh. This is a question I like to ask every guest and usually when I ask it, they they go, "Oh god." Uh <laughs> Well, I think cuz you know like when It's a good I think it's a good question. I think it's a really great question for now. Because when Mm. I was a child, you know, robots was like Transformers and, you know, Terminator, just so fantasy and out of touch, you know. The rad. Yeah. I mean, I'm a child from the 80s. So, like, to me, robots all metal and things like that. But, you know. Laser weapons. Laser weapons (laughs) and soulless. And, um, but, you know. The way technology is now and has been, and plus, you know, besides being an actor in New York, you got to make money. So I work trade shows and I have seen some of the top of the line androids and, uh, you know, AI, what are consider AIs out there. And I can see why humans are scared, you know, like there's some of them look very human and learn and they learn. And that's the thing about computers. They're constantly learning. So, and then of course, Robin Williams movie where he's a robot and gets a soul and becomes human. Like it's questionable. Like, I don't know how to answer that now. I I think like there's all these debates of people being like, well, you know, what is a human? Is it the soul that makes them mm. a human? Could there be a soul and a robot? I mean, anime has been asking that question forever. Ghost in the Shell, hello. And like it, you know, I don't know how to answer that. I really don't because it's too complex now. And I do feel like. I mean, come on, look at the sex bots out there. They almost look human. They're real dolls <laughs> and shit. Like. I, I I don't know, like in the eighties. And, I used and of to, course, what does that say about us? That like that's where we're focusing. That, that, that I'm sorry, but sex has always been in humans' thoughts since the beginning. Yeah, so, like there's no way you can't <laughs> get around that. But like, mm. it's just funny to think about like those movies in the eighties, like Sherry two thousand, <laughs> like Futurist mm. or Running Man, and just like you know, and here we are, and it's like wow, you know these look really real and some of them act very real and some of them are starting to walk and it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't know where I'm going with this because I don't want to answer that. What would it take? What would, I think it's a really good answer. What would it take for you to trust a robot? Um, maybe And maybe I can use some, like, ro- movie robots as examples. Like, have you seen Big Hero 6? Do you know the big, like, fluffy robot yeah. from that movie? Yeah, that's so cute. Would you Would you trust Baymax? Would you let Baymax give you a hug? Yes. If you saw a real-life Baymax, like, walk up to you? Well, okay, so I don't know if this is a good analogy, but all right, I'll just say it. So, like, mm. everyone always asks me, you know, are you religious? I say, I'm spiritual. I don't go to church and I don't follow any organized religion because it's ran by man, by men. And inherent men are evil. And men, I mean in plural, men, women, humans. So, like, I would trust a robot, but do I trust who's behind or who built the programming? I would want to know more about who built the robot and what the program's for Mm. before a trusting. And it has nothing to do with the robot. It has to deal with who created it, what was the purpose, who programmed because, like, like, you know, you can twist anything to make people do what they want and get what you want. And I feel that I would trust a robot. Um, but if I knew it was, like, made by, like, Amazon or something, I'd be questioning it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, That's a you, good point. You know, like, kind of like with dogs. Like, pit bulls are great dogs. But if they're in the wrong owners, they can be a weapon. So, and then, yeah. like, you know, I don't know how many times... I don't see anything wrong with a lot of religions. I think religion is good for most people, but somebody does something bad within the religion and they use religion to corrupt someone. And that's just not right. And I feel like people would do that with robots because, you know, humans, we conquer and destroy and we love, we're greedy. You know, we have all these, we're, we're complicated. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a re- that's a really good point. It's more about who designed it, who programmed it, what their intentions are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would trust a robot. I mean, come on. I, tr- I have a cell phone. Like, so asking <laughs> someone, point. do you yeah. trust a robot? Hello. There are houses that are being protected by AI for Christ's sakes. Like, there's houses mm-hmm. that are run off. Of, like, you know. I, I trust a robot to uh, heat up my toast. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Well, that's a machine." I'm like, "Well." It's the same yeah. shit. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. It follows I mean, a protocol. I can trust that it will do do what it told me it's going to do. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a robot would be my friend and would take care of me and protect me. And, you know, unless I got okay. cheap and bought a shitty robot, then, you know, I get what I paid for. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Do you. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I really do think it uh, for me to trust a robot would really just be like, you know, what was the programming? Where did it come from? Who built it? Mm. You know, does it like, does it have 10 years of great warranty? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, would you say that this movie, I Am Mother, is a plus one, neutral, or minus one for how it portrays robots? I, you know, for me, for I Am Mother, it made me question more about humanity actually than robots. Um, I think because like, what did we do to make this robot feel that she had to elevate us? Cause like at the end of the movie, it's, it's an AI doing what it's supposed to do. And it says it over and over. I'm supposed to protect human life. How she goes by it, I don't agree with because she murders people, <laughs> destroys things, 
But to her, her, she's a robot and she's doing what she needs to do to protect human life. And that is to wipe out all the bad and I'm going to perfect this human and I'm going to keep perfecting. And if I have to destroy it to make a new one, I will. But it's also like, you know, it, it, it definitely made me question humanity, but Mm. which made me like the movie more because I feel like, you know, we can't ignore who we are as humans, you know, we're flawed. That's what makes us human. So it makes us interesting and great and terrible and wonderful all at the same time. Um, so the, I think it, I think the movie, I would say for robot, it, I think neutral for me for robot. Cause it like, it, it is bad what mother does and how she did it. I'm not going to take that away. And, any sense of the word and some people probably watch it like kale's an idiot this is horrible she's a murderer <laughs> like, but in a way it's also for me i was like yeah she's a robot she that's that's what she felt that she had to do that was her purpose i mean she's thanos basically right yeah and like uh it definitely she thinks she's doing the right thing yeah she thinks she's doing the right thing and of course, a robot would do it the way a robot thinks it should do it, which is like, okay, we'll mm-hmm. exterminate. Um, which, which, uh, what is it? I robot. That was always like the theme. Yeah. You know, like yeah. statistically, let's say they save the main character, Will Smith, because you know, statistically, the little girl ain't gonna make it. Right. Human he had like would, an eighty, like an eight percent better chance, or something like that. Yeah. So, like, to you know, so. In, it kind of has that, I mean, I know she comes off as this dark, evil character in the movie, but she really isn't. She's a robot. And there's actually a lot of human aspects to Mother that you could easily overlook because, you know, the scary music, it's very dark. It does have a, like, you know, Aliens 1 kind of creepy vibe with, like, the way the camera moves Mm. through and, um, but yeah, if you really think about it, it's like, she's doing what she thinks is supposed to be right, which is 100% horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So would you say, uh, humans minus one robots, neutral, robots, or? neutral for me. There's probably people who mm-hmm. disagree. Humans, humans minus one, but they end with the hope of the daughter to possibly turn that around. This okay. movie makes you. For me, it gave me a lot of emotions. There was a lot of things going on for me watching it. I'm sure the same with you. And Mm -hmm. like, because like there's scenes where I'm like, oh, my God, just kill Mother. This is horrible. And it's like, oh, no, Mother's (laughs) right. She's just a robot. Oh, God, why does she have to kill the whole planet? What's wrong with her? (laughs) And then you're like, daughter, you're an idiot, but you don't know any better. (laughs) Like, And daughter is built in the light of mother making this perfect human which at the end they try to give that hope that maybe she will perfect the human race the daughter which also mm-hmm. makes you be like from a robot though hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah it's right it's, yeah hopefully it's it'll be like a blend of you know everything that she makes makes her who she is and and what she's learned so far that when she creates her army of humans um, hopefully she'll take the right lessons from all of those sources. I think the movie kind of ends with that because like the daughter's like, but you killed all these people. Like mother, I get mm. what you were wanting to do and what your purpose is, but you murdered people. 
You know what I mean? And with her brother, the mother's like, oh, he's perfect. She goes, and if he's not, you're going to kill him? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so mother's given her a chance to to shine, but mother's still around just in case things get out of hand. So, like... Well, I think, yeah, I think mother would want to keep an eye on on this project as it moves forward. And I, But I also think that mother, from her perspective, would be satisfied with this outcome because ultimately yeah. she burned down the world to rebuild it. Yeah. And and so that her daughter would be like the leader of of the rebuilt yep. world. So it's not exactly the way she wanted it, but it is the outcome that she was driving towards the yeah. whole time. So that's why I see neutral for robots because like okay. don't get me wrong, mother does some terrible shit. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> but to her, she's a robot. She's doing what she's supposed to do. And she saw a problem, she mm-hmm. fixed it. And like you know, humans, uh, <laughs> I love being a human, don't get me wrong, but, like, we're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I love whole, being yeah. human, but we're so <laughs> flawed. We're so dumb sometimes. <laughs> yeah. U- ultimately, the good outweighs the bad, but Always. but we are, a large percentage yeah. is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel like from all the bad, that's the only way you learn, though. Uh huh. Yeah. Somebody has to burn things down, I guess. And sometimes I got to torch a whole village, you know, and I realize, wow, that was wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Oops. <laughs> Spe- speaking of things that had to burn down so that other things could grow, um, dinosaurs weren't involved in this movie. But do you have a, any strong opinions about dinosaurs in general? Would you would you consider either robots or dinosaurs like one is cooler than the other? Do you have any any yeah. thoughts on that? I don't think either one is cooler. I definitely think dinosaurs are awesome. And I love that dinosaurs are becoming a girly thing now. Because when I was a kid, it was all boy toys, you know. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, here's this cute dinosaur for a girl's room or whatever room. If it's you don't want to label. I enjoy that so much. And Mm -hmm. um I love dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs movies. Um, not on a mm. level like you do, because I've heard your podcast <laughs> and we've had conversations as friends. And it's not a contest. It, we can all love dinosaurs. dinosaurs. The more of us that love great. them, the the better. Yeah. But the reason why I pick robots to watch, because I just feel like logically, I mean, hello, we're already there. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the direction we're going and where we are. Do I feel like something like Jurassic Park could happen? I mean, I'm sure some weirdo would try to do it, but no, I just don't feel like it would happen. So that's why I wanted to do robots. But dinosaurs are pretty cool. fucking cool. So yeah, I I like what you said that uh, there. So I don't know if you've checked out um, one of my early episodes of this podcast. I got I got a uh, I was lucky enough to interview this paleontologist. Her name is Eliza Peterson. And I think that she in particular is doing a lot to inspire young girls to, to want to be like, do what she does and like be, she's actually really big on TikTok. She posts videos of herself, like out in the field. She has this really popular video about how you can tell uh, a fossil from a regular rock in the field. Oh, cool. Um, So yeah. So if you haven't checked out that episode, definitely listen to that, but definitely follow Eliza Peterson on like all of her social media. She's becoming really big now and she is um, on this Netflix show where she answers questions about dinosaurs. Oh, so, cool. Um, 
That's yeah, so, so I'm cool. glad I'm glad I asked. Even though this movie didn't have anything to do with dinosaurs, I'm glad I asked you that question because I thought that was that was a really good point. Yeah, I I I definitely love how women in fields like that or just in science and math in general, regardless if it's like biochemistry, whatever, that there's more STEM. Yeah, yeah there's more exposure. I uh, last year during the pandemic when they opened the Museum of Natural History, I went um and in the like the shop where you buy you know knickknacks sweater t-shirt stuff they had hello kitty dressed as like a dinosaur or a scientist or a space person and i just love how they're doing that because um like i shouldn't matter if you're a boy or girl or whatever you know whatever you view yourself as like if you want to get into that you should so I did see yeah. she was listening. hobbies should not be gendered. Exactly. And like I did see that you had a real pinch. I was like, whoa, go ahead, Lou. I just didn't hear it yet. So I'll definitely check it out then. Cause like she's awesome. She was a good she's like really entertaining. Had like all I learned so much about dinosaurs and paleontology. She's really cool. Well, also I think like that's a field people don't realize there's a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People like they think, oh, that's all about like science and uh, history and uh, bone fossils i don't want to get into that i'm like it's actually really fun like come on expose yourself (laughs) um speaking of women this movie passes the bechdel test like real good well i think one aspect of the bechdel test is the characters have to be named so technically (laughs) they don't have names but like but honestly, though, like it, um, the only the only actual like credited male actor is Luke Luke Hawker, who's in the suit. But otherwise, it's like um, it's an all all lady cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Did that is that something that stood out to you? Or it like? definitely stood out to me. Um, I wonder what I was watching. I was kind of wondering, like, you know, did the writer? chose that because you know apparently between mother and daughter the bond is so strong but there's always friction between mother and daughter in bonds or Mm. was that just a natural choice because i don't really know much about the writer too much and i really did love how they picked actresses that aren't like uh like the celebrity hot topic, like this is the the hot choice of the summer, you know what I mean? Like they pick seasoned actors, which I really, really love. Like Hilary Swank, lover or hater, she is very talented. Oh, boys don't cry. Mm. Hello. And uh next karate kid. Next uh uh million dollar baby like we can go on forever million dollar baby. i mean and she's yeah. also had some not so win movies and i that's what i love about her she like you know she's very talented very seasoned mm-hmm. and then rose who does the voice for mother like she's fabulous and she does a lot of comedies yeah. so to see her they know that she did this was really great you know because like i always yeah. knew her in the comedy world you know bridesmaids and neighbors or something like that uh i had zach Efron. Mm. i don't want i didn't see it but like she does a lot of (laughs) because she's really a beautiful woman you know and she does comedy Mm -hmm. which i appreciate seeing someone that gorgeous doing comedy and being really good at it i'm like yeah and for her to do the voice and like 
it's just her voice, but boy, it's like there's scenes where mother's talking. I'm like, oh my God, I'm kind of scared of mother. And that's all just Rose doing her voice. And that's Luke doing the movements. And that's, you know, the computer, the graphics people. And what I did appreciate that little subtleties that the robot does, like the eye movements or little tiny subtleties made it very human. Yeah. Yeah. And with Rose's voice, like, I, I really appreciate it. And the, the young actress, Claire, I've never seen her before, but I looked her up and like, she definitely has a roster and she was very mm. good. Like mm-hmm. she, she held her own man and beyond, I think really like she was just very, very good. Um, yeah. yeah, I did notice that. And also what I did notice is that her brother isn't white, which I appreciate mm-hmm. Because, like, in the future, which there's a lot of books that I've been reading where it's, like, race isn't a thing, really, in the future. It's more Mm. about where you come from, like, what planet or, like, how you're raised, where you're born into, like, a real, did a real human birth you? And, like, I've been reading a lot of books about, like, in the near future, like, you know, skin color really isn't the issue. It's something else. There's always going to be prejudice, but it's a different form. So and I, I I would have felt real different about this movie if all with all the talk about like creating the perfect species if that included they're all the same skin color like I would have had very different feelings on this movie overall. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and also what I liked about daughter, she's very pretty and she's athletically fit because that's what mother wanted. But she isn't like you know the girl next door kind of pretty. She's not like a a mm. Britney Spears. I'm aging myself. Britney Spears you know what I mean like she's she's a little different you know and I appreciated Mm -hmm. that too and she you know had like a sporty cut because you know mother made sure she did her ballet and like she has to be the perfect specimen so you know I I I appreciated that too you know she looked like a girl I would know on volleyball team or something like that you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so um yeah so I did like that I liked other season I liked how it was all women and uh I don't know. I just, I feel like it really kind of gave that old 70s sci-fi feel to it. Cause like, if you go back and watch aliens all like the first two, especially, even though they're very different movies and you can appreciate them, how different Mm -hmm. they are, you know, a lot of strong women, people of all race, all sizes, you know, like the future, that's how it is. So I did appreciate that a lot in the film as well besides it being women so yeah i like that's a good take i have uh i have two bonus questions for you kl before we wrap up for this discussion um first bonus question this movie uh already has an appearance by whoopi goldberg in it which is not actually that uncommon for robots versus dinosaurs i think this is maybe her third or fourth movie that we've covered where she actually makes an appearance. Really? So I usually, yeah, uh, we did Theodore Rex, which she is the co-star yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I did a Star Trek movie where she was Guinan uh, in genera- Star Trek Generations. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is the third one where we're actually seeing Whoopi Goldberg on screen. Um, I usually ask my guest if we were to replace two actors in the movie with Whoopi Goldberg and Danny DeVito. How would you recast? How would that improve the movie? So I guess to modify that, if we were to give Whoopi a bigger part and also add DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. uh, 
do I have to take out a character or can I add a character like they didn't exist? You can add a character. I love that. I think it would have been great if like instead of Hillary was Danny to be <laughs> Okay. As the stranger, I don't know why. Just <laughs> him being bloody and on the ground and kind of lying, but telling the truth. I I, I love that man. Like, <laughs> so I got to meet him and his wife, but like I was working, so it was just kind of like, oh hello. <laughs> like it wasn't like, hey, I'm KL. It was like work, so I had to be professional. And they were so sure, sure. nice. And I was like, I loved you as a kid. Now I love you even more. <laughs> like they were just so sweet. Oh, yes. But I could totally. And the other thing is, like, people forget Dan DeFito. He doesn't just do comedy. He's a very good actor. Like, whoa, Penguin. Oof, it's creepy as Penguin. And Ooh, and Penguin there's a tra- connection to this movie because he was in Dumbo. Yeah. He was in the live action Dumbo. So yeah. <laughs> Baby. Oh God. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would have been cool if he was Stranger. Um, or mm-hmm. like some kind of bizarre voiceover or, or like some kind of like, <laughs> there's a fire, just being all Danny DeVito okay. or something, <laughs> something silly. <laughs> I think I would have yeah. loved to seen Whoopi at the end of the movie when you realize Stranger lied. Like maybe she's somebody who lived in one of the, like, uh, what, what, we see them out on the, the docks. Uh, the container, oh, the containers, containers. like, containers. you know, like. It would have been great to see a new character. It made sense why there wasn't anyone there. It was just stranger. But it would have been cool to see, like, this person who's just batshit crazy. But, like, in a sad way. Like, I think, because Whoopi's such a talented actor, too. Hello, let's not forget she won Oscars and, like, nominated. Like, Color Purple, hello. Um, Yeah, it would have been cool to see that. Or, you know, Whoopi being mother, the voice of mother. You know, it didn't have to be a white woman. It just turned out. Rose just has that voice, that soothing, creepy, like, hello. Like, she has that thing. But, like, it would have been cool if, if Whoopi was maybe the voice or a character at the end. So. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Final bonus question, KL. This is a section of the podcast that we call What's Your Snack? KL, what's your snack? When we all used to be allowed to go to the movies, which they're, they're at this point, they're starting to open back up. Uh, so um, so that I'm excited to be able to go and get popcorn again. But do you have a favorite movie theater snack? Oh. And then like part B, since you've been in quarantine, is there like do you have an at home movie snack that you that you like? So at the, so at home, I'm very healthy um, even before quarantine. So when I go to the movies, I'm the most unhealthy person ever because that's why you go, right? My favorite is not just popcorn, but like that nasty-ass butter that probably has dead things in it that you pour on top. (laughs) (laughs) That it's so, like your hands, you just... Butter-flavored product. Yeah, like you just squeeze that. You don't need to, but you do it anyways. And like, (laughs) um, I remember I dated a boxer years ago and he's, he ate clean all the time. And when we went to the movies, I was kind of like, oh no, is he going to take away my butter fun? Which I don't think he would have, he's not that kind of guy, but I was like, I'm going to get this. He goes, oh no, we're getting a big one. We're pouring a gallon of that shit in there. I was like, yes, you're on board with me. And like, we would take buckets and napkins because if I'm not feeling disgusting at the end of eating all this popcorn and have grime on my hands, <laughs> why am I at the movie theaters? Why am I there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, if it's uh, if if my heart is not racing by the end of the film, <laughs> either it wasn't a Michael Bay film or I didn't have enough popcorn. Oh my god, Michael Bay! <laughs> but like now that I'm 41, I'm still like, nope, I still get that popcorn. That's all right. I'll risk it. Yeah. I'll risk it. Um, at home, I'm. But it's like it's your cheat. It's like you you say you you're good, so that when you go to the theater, I don't even you know indulge. if that's a cheat. That's just straight up sin. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm going drinking tonight. It's like I'm gonna go die in this popcorn bowl, and it's so great when going you're to the with movies, somebody I'm who bad is, What was that? <laughs> I'm going to the movies and I'm making bad choices. Yeah, I'm making bad choices, <laughs> and like uh, it's and it's so great when you're with someone, regardless if it's romantic or friend, whatever family, and they're like, yeah. We're doing this popcorn. Like, I I mean, Mm -hmm. I love the candies and all that, but like, I'd rather not. I just want that popcorn because I don't know what it is about the movie theater popcorn. It's not the same at home. You could try your best. Mm -hmm. People have gotten close. It is not the same. I don't know if it's because they don't really clean it and it's dirty and it's fabulous or what it is. (laughs) But movie popcorn, like actual movie popcorn is the worst and best thing I've ever tasted in my life. those extra dollars that you pay for it, then, <laughs> then it's actual value. Like that just adds to the value. It, it makes you feel like it's more of a treasure because it costs you more of your, your work hours oh. to, to pay for it. So whenever they're like, you could come back for a free refill. I'm like five, nothing. I'm like, that's not going to happen. But one time I went with my, my best friend who's six, four, 300 pounds, all muscle. He's like, I'm coming back. I'm like, and he did. <laughs> I'm like, you get it, buddy. <laughs> At home, I'm more healthy. Oh, I, I try to be more healthy, but I'll like do chips or salsa mm-hmm. or hummus and carrots. You know, being healthy okay. and stupid. But I've gotten lazy when it comes like, you know, as we do. I, I, I don't really enjoy movies at home as I do at the movie theaters, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Have you? Are you excited about them being? I mean, I'm excited, but I'm kind of I don't know if I'm comfortable yet to go back to the movie theater definitely not comfortable enough yet i'm uh very close to getting my second vac- uh, vaccination shot and so after it's been a few weeks after that um it's the thing that i've missed the most i'm gonna say i'll reassess in a few weeks i'll, I'll see how i'm feeling yeah currently i don't love going outside <laughs> i don't love going into places that uh that i can't tell are like really taking it seriously and doing you know really really good protocols to, to keep everything, uh, distance and, and, you know, basically just taking it seriously. So movie theaters make me nervous, but I also miss them tremendously. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'm on the fence. Yeah. I'm fully vaccinated and I'm still on the fence with movie theaters. And I, and this terrible movie theaters are probably gonna hate me for this, but like they don't, most of the people make minimum wage, you know, and like, you know, mm-hmm. I knew people who worked at movie theaters and they're not always up to par. So that makes me, and of course I'm sure they don't want to be shut down and they don't want to outbreak. So they're staying on top of it. You know what I mean? But I'm still like, I keep thinking about like when I was younger and I knew people that worked in movie theaters, I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's just me though. But I do that even at restaurants. I'm like, mm, I'll be nice to my waiter just because even if they're not nice. <laughs> like, that's yeah. who I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause of what, you know, like you can only imagine what they're going through. And, yeah. yeah. And I definitely feel that there's just some movies that it, it's just not the same unless it's on the big screen. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's another part of like why I'm conflicted. Like I do want to go and support 
movie theaters reopening. I want to to make sure like that people that that that's their job like have a job to do. Um, but also like, I do also feel bad that they have to oh, be at work man. and that they're not getting paid nearly enough to, 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 to do things up to the standards that they need to be like, you know, yeah. And it's not even like safe and- this, like the protocols are one thing. It's just dealing with people who don't respect that. Like my niece. That's a, yep. That's a good point. My niece, the general public. Yeah. My niece <laughs> lives in Oklahoma. So she has a different. Everything's different there. But, like, she was like, Auntie, I'm getting screamed at by people that could be grandma, you know, because she's like, you have to wear a mask when you come in here. And they're more, you know, and this was mm-hmm. last year. So I'm like, you know, I feel for my friends that are out there working and I want I want to work. Trust me, I do. But I also feel like dealing with the general public, like, not everyone's so great. So I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I think I might wait and reassess like you a little later about yeah. movie theaters. So, um, so Kale, that is we. I thought we had an awesome discussion about I Am Mother. If you ever want to come back onto the show to talk about another robot movie, I would love to have you. Or if you decide you want to talk about a dinosaur movie, we could do that in the future. Um, so definitely think about that and get back to me uh, before I let you go. Talk. Why don't you talk a little bit about how we know each other and uh, the kind of the, like the cool thing that we do sometimes once a month. <laughs> so uh, we work on our bar, which is a monthly show that used to be live above a bar. But because of the pandemic, we are now doing a live Zoom show, which um, when which at first I was like, how are we going to do that? Um, it's actually it's really interesting. Like, uh, it's a whole group of people that come in and out that write and create and come up with fun ideas, how to make a zoom show interesting. And we do stick to the fact that we are zooming, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, we're not trying to be like, we're in the bar. And it's like, no, we're, <laughs> we're not doing that. We're actually zooming, but we like, you know, we've been outside, we've created things. I magically put a tampon through zoom and it magically appeared on the other side. Um, which has been fun and it's been really good, um, to keep the creative juices going. And also like, there's so many talented people. There are performers that do it and there's so many writers, there's so many people involved, like, um, just to see people and read things that people are working on. And I think it's good that our bar didn't stop because, we need art and we need to create and being an artist, like you need that you need, and you also need your community. But we met through our bar. My first scene with our bar was with you. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a very uh, interesting scene. It was about uh, how to scratch balls and like the names. Yes. And then I, <laughs> so my first performance was with you and I fell in love with you. Been friends ever since. Yep, And I have to say, and I know I'm on your podcast and I'm not saying this because I'm on your podcast. I love your writing and I've done a few of your stuff. (laughs) I've been Mm -hmm. cast many times in your, in your work when you write. And I just, I don't know. I, I think you and I kind of get one another, you know, like, totally. Yeah. And I, I always felt like, I still do feel like a misfit. And I felt like when we worked together, I was like, Oh, you're a misfit too. Let's hang out. (laughs) 
I love that. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, we're misfits together. Yeah, and and I do like how our bar doesn't care. Like, oh, you're a misfit, join us. Yeah. You know, you could be like the high school dream jock and the misfit in the corner and work on something together and create something really interesting. You know, like, it, mm-hmm. and what I what also I like what they're doing now. And you and I both have strong opinions is how they're like uh, when we did the all women's um, show. It was like all women or. Mm-hmm female identify like i like how our bar is like you know if that's how you identify submit we don't care and and how we've been supporting a lot of like um please donate to our show because the money's going to go to like uh violence against asian americans we were very big and supportive on the blm movement and like mm-hmm. I, I do like how our bar really has opened the doors to be like look we're all humans okay and yeah, we identify Harlem a certain Project way. Is another one. Yeah. And like, and you and I have always talked about how like, you know, it doesn't really matter how you present yourself as uh, what your gender is or what your sexuality is. Like, I don't, I don't care as long as you're a good person and you want to create, you know, so and I think that's 100%. why we get along too. So I do too. And I, I don't mind telling you, I think you're a great performer and I get really excited when you get cast in something that I wrote uh, like that, that scene, my, my, I think my favorite thing that you and I have collaborated on, uh, was the scene, the eel deal oh my God. where you were the host of the bar game I show, the eel you deal for that script for like freaking weeks, <laughs> <laughs> I, but you that... nailed it. It was when I wrote that, the way that you said those words out loud and performed it was like an amplified version of how I was imagining it in my head. It was like a t- what I was imagining times a thousand. It was so great. Can I just say I'm so glad they, they cast Jessica with me to do that scene. Yeah. She is so talented. Oh, she's, oh, she's a dream. But uh, when I read that script, <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and then I was kind of <laughs> mad because I was like, this is really hard. And like, Cause if you forget a line, every line starts almost exactly the same. So like you can get lost really easily. And then they're like, I'm sorry. It's okay, Lou. And they're like, but Lou wrote it and you perform so well in Lou's work. And I was like, how dare you flatter me? But it's true. (laughs) So, so then, uh, it, for those out there who don't know about the eel deal, you should message Lou and learn or read it. Cause you'll see what I'm talking about. And I will say this on the podcast, and I recommend you contact Lou to find out more about this scene. (laughs) I decided, okay, I trust, this is also why I love working with you. I trust Lou. This is funny. I don't know how it's funny yet, because the words were so crazy. (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) And so out there. And like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. It's so out there. (laughs) And like... So I was like, I trust Lou. I know this is good. And I, I did get a little pressure of like, how do I present this where I know this is what Lou wants and like the audience deserves. And so that's when I decided to come up with the movements with the cane. So like it's a host mm. doing a game show host handing out yep. eels as a gift for those who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> this gives you no information, really. <laughs> like there's so I know. Much- it's it's so insane so basically i just show up at a bar with my beautiful assistant 
and she has buckets of eels and like you whatever you win or don't win you get an eel it's crazy <laughs> and there's no losers on the eel deal no losers. and the words are like when I even said this to some people like, wow, I'm surprised you said that. Cause they're, you know, I always come off as very foul with my language mm. and it's, it's because that's the script. That's, I, that's what it is. And, uh, for some reason I get cast in them a lot. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Oh, someone has orga- orgasm on stage. Okay. Let's put KL in it. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> so when I got the script, I was like, I don't know what to do here. And that's when I decided to do the top hat and the cane and, <sighs> God, I actually yeah. showed up really early in the space because the only way I was going to memorize, memorize those lines without getting lost, and I think dancers and musicals can understand this, is I had to make dance movements and movement with the cane to each line because the eel deal, I'm telling you, whoever's listening, it's like, it's the eel <laughs> deal. It's like, it's like every sentence starts that way. And it's just like, if you mess up, you're going to get so lost. <laughs> and you have no help. There's no one there to help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you are brilliant. You're. It was. <laughs> I've. I'm actually trying to find. I. I know that I. I know that I recorded it. Oh uh, my But God. I can't find the video. But as soon as I do, it, with your permission, I'm going to post it. So hopefully, you have one to, day, listeners, you'll t- know what we're talking about. Yeah, you have to post it because people are like, I have no idea what the hell they're talking yeah, it was, about because it was pre-zoom so it wasn't recorded yeah. um it was in the it was actually in the bar but i think i have like a low quality recording of it with my cell phone and i just i'll have to sift through i'll have to like see if i can if i can find it um before we go but... i do have a question for you <laughs> yeah what's up how long have you been in love with language because like you're writing ah. it's like it's very wordy but it's very good and it Sometimes it could come off as really highbrow, and sometimes it could be like the eel deal or just foul and blue, <laughs> blue as hell. But like, and also rhymes, and it has like a pattern to it usually, and then or it sticks to the rule of three. But you do love words mm. and language. Like, mm-hmm. how long have you always loved writing and love language and all that? So. I think that what really got me into language and wordplay is when I was a kid, I had, uh, I, I was, I was born in New Haven, Connecticut. I mostly grew up in a, in a really small town called Guilford, but, um, but I had cousins that lived in, in New Haven and I would always, and, and like, that's a little bit more of a city than, than Guilford. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody listening really knows anything about, uh, Guilford, Connecticut, but, um, New Haven's much more of like a city. And my cousins got me into interested in rap, like oh. de- like definitely NWA was like a big influence when I was a Grew kid. Grew up to that stuff, uh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, what always what always fascinated me with rap was how clever the lyrics were. Because every time you listen to a song, I would always hear something new that I didn't catch the first time, mm-hmm. or like I would say some of the lyrics out loud and realize how many layers of meaning are in them. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I'd say that was kind of my, one of my biggest influences on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other, the second biggest influence might be like, I was raised on classic sitcoms. Like I would stay up late and watch Nick at night. Nice. So kind of a blend of those two things yeah. like where, you know, the dialogue in those shows was always very like clever and like people playing off of each other's words and, and stuff. And like, so that plus listening to, listening to a lot of hip hop, 
I think is what, yeah, I think it's what got me interested in words. This is why we're friends. <laughs> we're like, because, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in a very rough neighborhood and rap was very, very much involved. And oh, God, I love the old classics that come, said Caesar. He had a whole thing mm. where they didn't speak at all. It was all music and just the timing of mm. comedy. But yeah, that's so great. And I think people, I think now people have more appreciation for rap because it is poetry. It's just a street poetry. Yeah. It's very different. I had an email address that said Bird and Broken Sky, which is a Nas lyric, not Little Nas, Nas. And yeah. uh, for the longest time, my English teacher was like, I love your email. And when I told her it was from a rap song, she was like, oh, wow. I had no idea. <laughs> Nas's, Nas's Rewind is a masterpiece. Yes. And and like speaking of, you know, you, you, you probably know this about me too, like especially the topic of my podcast. I love time travel. Mm-hmm. You know, I love like sci-fi stuff. Nas, if you listeners, if you ha- if you're not into Nas, if you haven't heard the song Rewind, Listen to it right now. Yes. Like, pause. Well, we're at the end of the podcast, but like, as soon as the credits roll, go into your music app and listen to that song. It is a, a song where he tells the whole story backwards. Yes. And it's genius. Yeah. It's really good. Good stuff. Not Little Nas. Yeah. Nas, everyone. Nas. Yeah. Little Nas is great. Let's oh, not take anything away from Not taking that away. I'm just He's clarifying who you look awesome. for. Little <laughs> yeah, Nas, yeah. <laughs> he kills me. I'm like, ooh, that's, I yep. love that video. <laughs> Yeah, Montero rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun, Lou. Thank you. Yeah. Kale, I'm so glad that I was able to get you on. I'm I'm really this was a lot of fun. And this is an awesome movie. I'm so glad that you picked this movie for us to talk about. Today. I would never do you wrong. Fantastic. <laughs> I've never of do you wrong. Of course not. I trust you implicitly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless I felt like fucking with you, but then I have to watch a movie. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's fun. Some of my some of my guests do that to me. Uh, there's this Andy Kaufman movie coming up called Heartbeats. That the the entire reason the reason my guests picked it is because uh, we play D and D, and I threatened to TPK them, so they picked this movie um, and forced me to watch it. <laughs> well, so listeners, get excited to hear all my thoughts about that <laughs> on the upcoming episode. <laughs> Uh, KL, I am bad at saying goodbye, so can I have you, can I toss it to you to to close this out and say goodbye to the audience? Yes. I will say goodbye. Thank you for listening. I know we were all over the place, but I mother, there's no other way to discuss it but just be everywhere. You just have to watch it, and if you agree or disagree, please let us know. I would love to talk more. Thank you all. Goodbye. gonna go dive this popcorn bowl it's another podcast for another time <gasps> could it be the giant pink dress <gasps> you didn't like what you didn't like a jimbo outfit how dare you i know hi i'm me john and i'm nick i like to call myself a semi drag race expert and i've never seen it before so join us on our podcast whispering hunties every week for drag race expertise And the exact opposite of that. Either way, it's a kiki. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, okay. 
How could I possibly? Take your cute cats that keep walking all over you and making me wish that I had a pet. Get get out of this podcast. I need a door slam like (laughs) right now as I throw you out of the house.